listening to Enlivening Musings, a podcast to enhance your life so you live fully alive. Sponsored by the Pleasure Fairy app. Download it for more support. Welcome to Enlivening Musings. Today we have Susan Bratton, intimacy expert to millions. So I'm Crystal. And I'm Katie. And welcome, Susan. We are so, 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 so excited to have you here today. Mm-hmm. Hello, beauties. It's so great to be here. I've been looking forward to this. Um, I loved that you had this incredible appetite to talk about pretty advanced sexual concepts, like being switchy was the first thing that you wrote to me. You're like, we want to talk about being switchy. And I was, I thought, oh, that's good because being switchy or being willing to be both learning to surrender as women comes more easily to many of us than learning how to take control. Not all women, but um, being able to go from surrendered to in charge and back again throughout a flow of a lovemaking date, I think is not only really fun and really empowering for both you and your partner, but it's, it's exciting because I feel like when you have the confidence to run the full spectrum of your sexuality, more of you comes out into the experience because you're just allowing things to happen and you're not holding back. And that helps you get more confidence develop your capabilities and your techniques and just feel more empowered by your own sexuality. So I love the topic of switchiness. I'm happy to talk more about that as much as you want, but it was so fun when I got your message and you were like, let's talk about being switchy. I'm like, oh yeah, game on. Let's go. Crystal and Katie. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. And while you're talking about it, it gave me goosebumps and thinking of just that concept of just like your wholeness and being able to be fully expressed because I feel so many women out there are just dampened down and they don't even know how to tune into all of that. So we actually talk a lot about, you know, being in your feminine more so that you can do that in your day-to-day life. And then Mm -hmm. yet when it comes to the bedroom, like you're saying, I feel it is easier to just be in that surrender zone. And yet you have all of the men who are just like, but I want you to initiate or I want this. And so, uh, you know, I, I feel like I want to go both directions. One, how do we do what is more natural and invite our partners to be that leader and invite us to more pleasure so we can be more in that feminine? And then two, how do we do that switcheroo in general. <laughs> yeah. Well, one thing that I think is that as as we women are just in a more egalitarian world where we have more rights, where we have the ability to become educated, where we have the ability to choose our partners based on what pleases us, not out of necessity. I mean, I'm 60 years old and the world has changed so much in my lifetime. I feel that I was born, I was born in 1961 and I was born to a feminist mother who believed in me and 
taught me to believe in myself in a way that I don't think many women in prior generations ever had the opportunity to do. Mm-hmm. What's funny, I was talking to my mom the other day and uh, I text her all day long, every day, my mom. She's she's kind of housebound. I mean, she gets out, but she's, she's not strong at this point in her life. And uh, I said, when you're a 90 year old mother, you still care, you still worry about your 70 year old daughter, don't you? And she said, it's so true because my, uh, my daughter, her granddaughter is 25 and my daughter has even more emancipation and sovereignty and confidence and body confidence and um, self-direction and belief and uh, in herself and all of those things. And so I feel like I was one of those women who there were a couple of things, perfect storm types of things in my generation. And that was um, first that I had a mother who believed in me and told me to believe in myself. I had a lot of business mentors, male mentors, who invested their time in teaching me the ropes. I had first crack in the Silicon Valley at being in the boardroom and running business units worth hundreds of millions of dollars. I I was a salesperson, so I was out in the world and I was pitching people on things and I had a lot of what I think is probably natural born leadership. Um, when I was little, my family called me Grandma Susie because I was always bossing everyone around and telling them what to do. I just knew what the right thing to do was. And my mother always told me, go with your gut. You know what you're doing. You know the right thing to do. You're a good decision maker. You should be in charge. You, you, are, you really know how to be in charge. <laughs> And so I had that opportunity to be in charge. And then I married a man in my thirties, in my early thirties, who, you know, there's this thing when you think about switching, when you talk about gay men, they, they think about top and bottom, right? That's Mm -hmm. a, that's a concept that you hear in the gay community. And yet, even though you're the top, it's the bottom that's in charge. And when I married my husband, he's the more introverted, quiet one. And I'm the more bossy, loud, (laughs) extroverted one. But he was really the guy who was the mastermind of our, our life in a lot of ways. And he was the guy that was my platform for growth. My husband believed in me and has been the wind beneath my wings, my whole marriage to him for 30 years. Mm. This man has been like, babe, you could be even bigger. You could be even better. Mm. Fucking go for it. Like my whole life. So I was able to develop a lot of what one might consider masculine traits. I was allowed to have them by the people who loved and supported me my entire life. And so I have not had to play it too small. Mm -hmm. I have had to play small in a place where my shining bright and being who I am has made people feel badly about themselves. And I've had to wrestle with, I can't control you how you feel about yourself, but I don't wanna trigger you feeling badly about yourself. So I don't wanna blast you 
with my brightness. I want to manage that, but not hold myself back. So I've been dealing with this whole like empowered woman, strong woman, natural born leader, loves to tell people what to do, has a strategic mind in a super feminine package. I'm a Barbie. If I mean, there will be some video clips of this this podcast, but it's an audio podcast, but I'm like this big boobed blonde Barbie girl. I look like I could be a bimbo. You, if I didn't open my mouth, you wouldn't know if I was a bimbo Barbie or a a barbarian, which is really how I think about myself. I think about myself as like the glamazon (laughs) and even saying all these things, most women aren't even willing to say this stuff about themselves because it sounds conceited or you're Mm. bragging or you, you know, it's like, we're so taught to play it small. And if I don't stand up as a 60 year old woman, who's been successful, who's courageous, who teaches people about passionate lovemaking, which is like an edgy freaking thing. Mm -hmm. People get so intimidated and their shame comes out and they get triggered. I mean, basically all I do out there in the world is attempt to lift people up without triggering the crap out of them. Yeah. 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 (laughs) And so I, I went through a sexual evolution of, I always loved sex. I mean, I ran around the playground with my jump rope lassoing boys so I could try to kiss them. (laughs) I mean, I was always interested in sex and romance and um, I, I remember one time at, I think it was my bridal shower. My mom and my best friend were sitting there and something came up about how many partners I'd had before marriage. And I said something like, <laughs> I said, I don't know, six or seven. And my girlfriend snorts, snorts some water or whatever she was drinking through her nose and goes six or seven, more like 67. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, I, I, I came of sexual age in the seventies where we screwed around. We, we screwed everybody. We didn't have to worry about it was pre AIDS. Right. We didn't know a lot about STIs and, and, and we just had a lot of sex with a lot of people. So, but I'd always been the receiver and I'd always been on that feminine side sexually. And I, I always wanted more than I was getting. I met my husband. He was good in bed. He had a nice package. I thought that was great, but I still was not coming well, only coming from a vibrator. Thank God they were invented. (laughs) And after a decade of being married to him and never having an orgasm from intercourse, I kind of lost interest in having intercourse. It almost ruined our marriage. And we ended up going to therapy to fix issues in our relationship, but we went to sex workshops to learn how to have sex. And we went to sex workshops and our sex life just like got immediately better. I learned how to come from intercourse. I realized that sex is, these are all learned skills, the 20 kinds of orgasms that we can have. I've just learned them one by one by one by, I'm like, oh, you can ejaculate. I want to squirt. What's that? How do I do it? You know, like I've just literally knocked them down and looked for more. (laughs) I I call myself the orgasmonaut. I go out to the far reaches of orgasmic outer space and I come back and I'm like, here's the map to get to that. And that's what it, this is what it's like. And here's how it feels. And this is what you do. And this is what worked for me. Give it a try. So 
my switchiness is fairly latent in my life because it wasn't until my early 40s that I even had an orgasm without touching my clitoris during intercourse mm -hmm. because I didn't understand what I know now, which is that all women can have orgasms from intercourse and that the erectile tissue inside our genitals is the same amount of erectile tissue in our male bodied partners. We need it to get engorged and hard and erect and full of blood. It takes us a lot longer because of the way that we're designed, but that once we lay in that base of full swelling of blood into all of our tissue, we have erectile tissue literally wrapped around our vagina. Mm -hmm. And once we wait long enough and get the right stimulation, we can come the whole time we're penetrated. It, yes. ju it just works. And so I learned all these things and then I got more confident. And then I start one day I said, I've never, I've never done intercourse where I can make myself have an orgasm. I've always relied on my partner to do the work, to give me the orgasm. I'm going to get it now. I'm going to go mm. get it. Mm -hmm. And so I learned just by practicing. And by the way, my partner, of course, is always open to lots of practice. He's the best research partner you could imagine. <laughs> Lucky. <laughs> I just learned how to give myself orgasms from having him inside me. I got on top. I started cowgirl and I figured it out and I just kept getting better and better, <laughs> better and better at it. Yeah. And then over time, as I developed my sexual skills, as I practiced, as I wrote about things, as I figured things out, because I've literally written hundreds of sex techniques. Now mm -hmm. I like to, I like to write the recipes for orgasms and hot sex so that people can follow it and then they can cook their meals however they want. And the more that I learned to run the bedroom game, the more that I learned to get in touch with what my body wanted in the moment, the more comfortable I was asking my partners for what I wanted in that moment, the more that I honored my own body wisdom and intuition, the more that I got good at skills and understood how sex worked, the more I stepped into not the masculine, but just the empowered, sexual, self-expressed human being that's inside all of us. And so when I talk about switchy, I don't even think about it being masculine and feminine. I'm a massively feminine person. I'm a massively masculine person. I'm just like all of it. And I want to, I don't want to even filter I don't even want there to be the construct of masculine and feminine. If I want something, I ask for it. If I have an idea, I throw it out. If I change my mind in the middle of something, I say so. What I've found is that my partners love my ingenuity, my creativity, my appetite. And they're, they're always like, you know what we love about you the most? how freaking fun it is to have sex with you because you're constantly thinking up stuff to do. <laughs> so it's more like less, it's, I guess it's less about being masculine or switchy or calling the shots and more about being fully in my creative sexual self-expression. And that's what I think switchy really ends up being. And that's what I also help men understand is that if you're spending, and I'm going to, I'll stop and let you get a breath, get you, <laughs> let you get a word in here, but I got on a little roll. That's great. Um, Love it. 
I told a long story, but when I can help men understand that when they get into showing their pleasure, I call it the tuning fork technique. And this is something for men. It's at tuningforktip.com. It's a video where I describe how when he is not just focused on doing us, but he is in the interplay, the flow, and he's getting as turned on as we're getting, and he's expressing his turn on as well as we're expressing our turn on. And you get to that together and you can't tell where his orgasm starts and yours ends. And you're just basically in this incredible pleasure interplay. That's when his turn on is resonating your turn on and you just start vibrating at this much higher level of intimacy, connection, passion, surrender, pleasure, orgasm, etc. And so switchiness is kind of, even though I say it's an advanced move, there's even more beyond that where it's just completely just in the minute self-expression of both lovers or three lovers or four lovers. I mean, this can happen in groups of people who make love together. So it's, it's infinite in its pleasure potential. Ah, I was writing all of that with you. I know, I felt like we were all like physically moving together in that conversation. I love that. And mm-hmm. I, you know, there's so much Beautiful. in the duality rule world where it's like, I feel the same way where it's like, I, I sometimes just need to want to just squelch the words themselves even because it's just about that wholeness and that completion. Mm-hmm. And so you're just expressing that in a whole nother way of that through our own sexual and creative expression. And that just feels so enlivening and connected and grounded and yet expansive that, I mean, I I just, I would say it's not black and white and it's not gray. It's rainbow sparkle. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I I think I, uh, I liked all that too, because I feel like like Crystal said, we're kind of in a time where we're all like learning that there is maybe like masculine and feminine, there's different energies and just that whole conversation is coming to the forefront. But then there, I love how you're taking it to that whole next level of just like full acceptance of it all and being okay with just, that's what it all comes back to, right? Is just always being okay, being our full self, our true self. So yeah, so cool. And continuing to discover who your full self is yeah. and where she wants to go, giving her her head, allowing her to express her appetite, her desire. Nothing's mm. off the table. Everything's a possibility. If everything's a possibility, where, where do you want to go and what do you want to have in this moment? That's wow. huge. Yeah, I love that quote. Yeah. That's a good one. We're going to have to snip at that and put it all over the place, plaster it all I over know. the world. That, that reminds me, I have to say, I was listening to you on another podcast and I loved how you were talking a little bit about like women are like, well, I don't know what I want. And you were saying like, well, she knows, like your Yoni knows what she wants. And I would love to just hear you talk about that and explain that a little bit more because you, it was so cool. And I, I thought it was very interesting. 
Yeah, I think the yoni knows, uh, yoni being the tantric lovemaking word for our vulva, our female urogenital system. <laughs> I like to call it a vagina because that's just the shaft, the sheath, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to, to, to explain to women that your goal is to activate all of the tissue on the outside and the inside of your vulva. So, you know, I have the ability to have orgasms from my partner taking the tip of his finger with a little bit of organic oil and just running it along the little edge of my inner labia or just stroking across the top of my clitoral hood or circles in the vestibule I love long finger strokes in the, in the opening of the vagina, the vestibule, not the entrance to the vagina per se, but literally from the underside of the clitoral shaft and glands down the opening right over the urethral exit where the peepee comes out, where our G spot is exposed there around the opening to the urethra as well. That's like what I call the G spot number two the second G-spot area, because it's the sponge is right there. And that sponge of erectile tissue is so incredibly sensitive. And then right down to the opening of the vagina and, and just resting a finger on the opening and playing with that little sphincter muscle without even penetrating the vagina. And then all the way down to the fourchette, which is where, you know, the, the clitoral hood becomes the inner labia and then it comes back together and that place it comes back together the french named beautifully the fourchette mm-hmm. and that little knob of flesh is also delicious so even just that and then the the really soft slick skin between the inner and outer labia right inside there that loves to be stroked the the labia love to be kneaded like like a little piece of dough or you know like play-doh they love it because that's where the vestibular bulbs of the clitoris are they're right underneath the the pubic hair on the outer labia and even my mons across the top above the clitoral hood the mons itself i have this one little spot it must have gotten damaged somewhere along the line from you know getting pounded a little too hard or who knows i could have fallen on the playground as a child on a on a jungle gym or something but i've got this little little damaged spot on the upper left quadrant of my mons that my husband knows needs to be needed And the thumb, he rubs the flat of his thumb and circles on it lightly until it can take a little more pressure. And then he rubs the whole mons, he rubs right back and forth across the crown of the mons and gets that all loosened up. It starts kind of stiff. And then as he massages it, it literally gets like loose jello. You can go like this and it's like liquidy. And the more you let that whole mom's pad of fat get liquidy, the easier it is for you to have female ejaculation and G-spot orgasms. And I made a real distinction when I said that where I didn't say female ejaculatory orgasms. I said female ejaculation separate from 
G-spot orgasms because they are separate systems in the body. And a lot of women email me and they're like, well, I'm starting to squirt, but I'm noticing that I'm not having an orgasm when I squirt. And I'm like, exactly. You can, you have an orgasm, you have a contraction that forces and expels the fluid, but the kind of orgasm that you have and you feel when you have a clitoral orgasm is different than the kind you feel when you have a G-spot orgasm, especially if someone goes inside and really presses up on the top of the vaginal canal. And when you blend, when you have a blended orgasm, when you're pressing on the G-spot from inside the vagina, while you're lightly swiping the top of the clitoris, the hood and the tip and the shaft to get a blended orgasm and sending energy between your fingers, the ones on the inside and the ones on the outside, that's a totally different kind of orgasm too. I mean, there's so many different types that the female ejaculation doesn't always happen exactly at the same time as the orgasm does, but it feels just as good as the orgasm. It's like more pleasure experiences. So, you know, as we're even diving into these different orgasms and possibilities, just that too, just the realm of possibility. It's making me think about just relationship. And one of the things I had mentioned when we were first connecting is how our society tends to say, you know, monogamous relationship can get really boring and or the societal belief that the older you get or the longer you're in a relationship, things go downhill. Where I've been the type of person who I've never, I've never ascribed to that. I've always been like, no, it's going to get better and better. You know mm-hmm. each other and you get to do more and da, 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 da. And, you know, we were preparing for chatting with you and I was even telling Katie, I'm just like, geez, me by myself. I mean, there's a whole infinite realm that I can play with like and then you bring another person into it I mean how could this possibly get boring (laughs) Um, but I'd love to hear just a little bit of what you have to add to that I mean how do we keep a monogamous long-term relationship and obviously everybody listening could be in open relationships or have multiple partners and all that's awesome too but I do want to address just that component because there is still a majority of people who are in monogamous long-term relationships and keeping it exciting keeping it juicy all of that I'd love to hear you talk about that yeah so perfect I literally if I Crystal if I could have said can you ask me this question to tee tee me up for the exact (laughs) thing I'm really into right now that would have been the question so good job I, um, this weekend, I just got back from, uh, keynoting a health, a health conference and they, they're very brave souls to have a sexpert like me do a keynote about sexuality because I did not hold back. And what I did was I have been developing this thing that I essentially call it your personalized sex life plan. You know how we we have plans for business and we kind of have our plans for our life and we're always thinking ahead to um, think about what we want and give ourselves direction about where we're going. Well, most people aren't really necessarily doing that. The large majority of people are not doing that with their sex life. But since sex is like personal development, it and it's skills based and you learn skills, you can have the same construct, which is. I want to have a bucket list of things that I want to do, and I want to work on learning these things. 
And what I have found is I do three things in my world. So I'm the CEO of two companies. I have a publishing company and I publish passionate lovemaking techniques and bedroom communication skills. And the third leg of that stool is sexual health, where I teach people how to fix problems, whether it's, you know, God, I have recurrent UTIs or I've got sex is painful. I've got thinning vaginal tissue. I've got laxity issues. I have incontinence. I've lost my orgasmic sensitivity. I'm, I'm struggling to climax. I have erectile dysfunction. Um, you know, there's all of the health related things too. My, my labia looks saggy. Is, is there a, <laughs> can I do a labia lift without surgery? You know, like, I mean, there's a lot of things we women think about mm -hmm. and, and men, and I support people across the gender spectrum with all all of the parts. So I have that piece of it. And I write a lot of techniques. Have you thought about doing this? And here's how to do it. I've done that for, you know, the last going on two decades now. But what I found it is that people really want the most from me and what they what they find the most valuable. And I just recently begun to understand this. And so I've developed this new sex life bucket list. It's at sexlifebucketlist.com. You can download it. It's free. And essentially what people like is the same thing my lovers like, which is she's always coming up with really fun things to do in the bedroom. I love her idea. Ideas. I want I want to do that. So when I did the keynote on Saturday, I walked people through a sex life assessment where I asked you a bunch of questions about your sex life. But what I really got to was here's essentially it was like eight pages, you know, it was four pages, double sided of really fun things you can do in your sex life that I wanted to see what you want to do. And then essentially what you're doing is you're putting A's, B's, or C's. A is, oh, for sure, this is going on my bucket list. This is one of the things I want to learn how to do. This is an experience I want to have. B's are, you know, it's not my thing, but if my partner wanted it, I would totally do it with them. It would be my pleasure. Because one of the great things about partners is they have a whole list of their own stuff mm -hmm. and you might not have been drawn to it, but then you do it and you're like, oh God, I can't believe that wasn't on my bucket list. That was amazing. Yeah. And then the C's are, I, it's not on my list. I'm not interested in it right now. Because what I tell people is, I used to think that wearing lingerie was demeaning to women because I grew up in a feminist world where I thought that was the objectification of women. Now I have an unlimited slutty shoe budget. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I used to think spanking was like violent and I didn't understand it. And I thought it was weird and BDSM and kinky shit freaked me out. And now I'm like, you want to know what I want for Valentine's day? I want to have a really good spanking session where we, where we practice together. And I give you a ton of feedback so that it becomes super natural for us to just do that. When I'm in the mood for it, you already know what I like and how I like it. I want to discover how I like it by having this session. That's more like what I call an erotic play date. It's not, we're having sex because you need to be able to communicate in a directive way. And that doesn't necessarily facilitate surrender mm -hmm. in a normal lovemaking session. So yeah. I, I bifurcate. This is love. This is when we're making love. This is when we're having an erotic play date to learn new skills together and practice and talk about it and experiment so we can bring it into our lovemaking. That's awesome. That is so, a really cool concept. I like that too. Yeah. I know. I, I think the distinctions are super helpful for people. Mm -hmm. So 
So I walk people through all kinds of possibilities. And then at the end, they go through their A's and they put their list together and you can rank prioritize it. Like a, a lot of women came up afterward and I said, what, what, what was on the top of your list? And I love to hear what, and it was funny, the women all came up to me and they're like, oh my God, I love that so much. And the men were pretty quiet about it. And I had to ask them what they liked. They were a little more shy than the women. The women were like chasing me down <laughs> to tell me what was on their list. <laughs> and for a lot of them, it was, I want to learn how to have orgasms through penetration without feeling like my clit has to be directly touched while I'm having an orgasm while I'm having intercourse. And then um, I want female, I want to have female ejaculation experiences. I want to release my feminine waters. I want to experience my divine nectar. And then um, the third most common comment was all the things, yeah. <laughs> all the things, do all the things to me. I want every single thing done to me. You can start at the top and just work your way down. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. So um, I love the appetite. It was it was a particularly healthy group of people because <laughs> um, it was a health conference and um, healthy people have high libidos because they're healthy. Unhealthy people have low libidos because they're not healthy. It's two sides of the same coin. So these were some horny women and they wanted to have some good times. And that was my people. <laughs> <laughs> and then the guys, what they were most interested in. And, and it's funny, I was talking to my husband afterward about it because he was like, well, so how did it go? Because he, he was interesting. We, you know, we've been together 30 years. And one of the things we recently had a rocky time and we were working with, when we have a rocky time, we have a guy we call Chaz August and we're like, oh, we're fucking up our shit. We need some help. And one of the things he said was, your problems are a direct relationship to the fact that you're not holding your boundaries around each other, where you're being too nice to each other. You're letting each other trample over you because you, you, you're not speaking up. Like Tim would just say, okay, honey, I'll do that. Cause it's what you want, even though he didn't want to do it. And then he'd resent me for it. And he would do things and I didn't like it, but I wouldn't tell him. And then I'd be pissed off at him. Mm -hmm. And so we've been working on holding our boundaries with each other. And, uh, cause old dogs can learn new tricks <laughs> and he didn't want to go to the event. And he was like, I, I know I go everywhere with you. I just want to stay home and go to the city council meeting. I really don't want to go. <laughs> and so I, after, and, and I was like, thank you, because I don't want you going and resenting me. So yeah. thank you. We are learning. We're, we're getting better. And uh, so when we got home and he was like, so how did it go? And I said, well, the women were really demonstrative. They really loved it. The guys were, were more quiet. And I said, I swear to God, if I made two different, like two different opportunities for the women, it would be discover all the things you want done to you that are super hot and sexy. So you can have these incredible experiences and make your list. Women would be like, What's that URL? Sexlifebucketlist.com. And guys, it would be, if you want to know what the list of all the things is, all the things are that your woman wants you to do to her, <laughs> go download this thing and print it out and have her do it. And she'll tell you what she, that will be how you know what she wants. She's a dirty, horny girl. And she's not telling you because she doesn't know how. So go have her go do this thing. And I don't know what that, URL would be, maybe you can come up with the link, <laughs> what, what, what you would call it, but guys are motivated to give us incredible pleasure. And they'll often subjugate their own pleasure for our pleasure. Cause they don't understand that showing their pleasure is the most wonderful thing they can give us. Like they just, 
evolutionary wise, they're competitive and they have to do a really good job and be respected for their work. And so they forget to like <gasps> breathe and have a good time and laugh and giggle. And, you know, they just get so caught up in doing a good job. So I was joking with my husband that, that the, the men's funnel would be more like find out what a dirty, horny little girl you're, you're in relationship with. And yeah. that would be what they would opt into. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Yeah. yeah, no, I think it makes a lot of sense too. And I also love that you shared that about your own relationship because I feel like... But the boundary thing? Yeah, because I feel like that's oh, yeah. something that so many relationships deal with on of a consistent course. basis. And it's like that hidden resentment and then that hidden anger and all of that. And it's just, it's cool to know that even relationships who are doing that work, they're still going to revisit these other things that can sometimes be these foundational pieces that just still show up. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, another thing that we did after going through, we, we went through a really rocky time the last, I would say like two months or so we've been going through a rocky time. And, um, one of the things that I, I want to do with him, is, I'm kind of torn because have you seen that, that, that image, it's a wheel of emotion and it has all the different possible emotions that you can experience. Have you seen that picture? I have. Yeah, I think so. if you Google like wheel of emotion, mm -hmm. you, you can find this image. And I sent it to, I, I was trying to kind of process how I felt about what we've been going through. And I found that wheel of emotion. I'm super in touch with my feelings, but we all struggle to really get to the, you know, definitive feelings that we have. And I, I put a dot next to all the emotions I was feeling and thought, oh, I, I would really like to tell Tim all these emotions. And then later what I realized, and I sent it to him and I was like, we should have a discussion where I think I'd like to know, I'd like you to dot and tell me why these emotions are the ones you're feeling. And then when I got home, I was like, I don't even want to do that. Uh, we're building back better than ever, like Joe Biden, <laughs> like <laughs> we're just, you know, building back better. And in a way I kind of feel like that's water under the bridge mm -hmm. and I want to just move forward. And I don't even know that saying all those things, all those insecurities and all the feelings I had that were difficult and all that stuff. It's like, that was more my process. And mm -hmm. I, I'm not sure he, he even needs to sit through that. I'm good. I'm rekindling my relationship. I'm, I'm having another, my, my husband and I are moving into and consciously co-creating another renaissance in our relationship right now, because we kind of had some things that created a slide in it and it, it, it hadn't been so good. Some, some extraneous things have happened. And so I felt like, oh, the wheel was actually enough for me to just get in touch with my own feelings. And once I, I heard myself, I was like, oh, okay, I'm actually all right with holding all of these things myself. And I don't, I don't need to burden him with them. Um, if he wants to do it, I would do it. And I'm, I'm, I'm always interested to, to know what he has to say. But sometimes it's like, I don't know, why rehash all that bullshit? Let's just go have a romantic, hot, sexy date night tonight. Because that's where we're going. Let's go where we're headed. Yeah, I love that. I've definitely experienced that myself where I've sat here and written out different things. I'm like, okay, and we're going to talk about this. And da -da -da -da. and then I'm like, well, now I've just processed it all. So I don't even need to do that anymore. Yeah, so same. forget it. You know? <laughs> same, yep, I've done that too. So I love that. Um, 
And then it does make me think a little bit about just our own self-work and our own self-pleasure and Mm -hmm. something, you know, we've talked about, especially since you've done so great with explaining even more with the anatomy and everything, which I just love. I love our erectile Mm -hmm. tissue. It's just so fascinating to me. I think it's one of the best things ever. Um, (laughs) And you know, for myself, especially during certain hormonal phases, it's really easy for me to keep that really activated and turned on throughout the whole day, which can make things lead into quicker get to the sex part for us. And I don't think that that needs to be a goal because everything is the whole journey and it's all great. And yet I'm curious if you have other tips, tricks, things that women love to keep themselves turned on throughout the day like that, that really keeps them connected to their clitoral network, their bodies, their genitalia, what lets it so that that is a little bit more flowy rather than having to undo all of the armor and then having to wait and then take all of the time, which is also glorious and awesome. So I don't want to like discount it and make it seem like, no, we just need to have quickies all the time. But if you wanted to, what do you have to say to any of that? Yeah, I'm, I'm not a proponent of the quickie. I seldom have yeah, them. As a matter of too. fact, Tim won't give them to me because my Yoni gets a chip on her shoulder after I have them. <laughs> like I told you, I'm not doing that again. That's not going to happen. Um, things that we can do during the day. Well, one is um, solo pleasuring as frequently as we can remember to do it and find the time to do it is super helpful. And I like orgasmic cross training where you have um, all of the different types of sex toys that support different different types of female orgasms. So I'll, I'll give you that specific list. Um, the air stimulator, like the womanizer, the clit sucker, mm-hmm. the buzzy vibrator. I like the tango X, which is, uh, like a pocket rocket. It's really nice. It has this almost like fingernail point where you can get like the exact spot on your clit that wants the most buzzy thing happening to it in the moment. Um, a wand, a big wand, a big, like, brrr, you know, like the caterpillar of sex toys for the time you need like the massive amount of you know the 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 biggest vibe you can get um i like um something called the lady buy and the miss buy which are um one's a bigger and one's a smaller version of it i have a giant yoni i'm almost six feet tall and i have a really really big yoni it's like vacuous there's like you could you could like put a moving truck in there (laughs) and so i like a big internal situation but some women have very tiny, little, precious, little pockets. And so it's good to have two different, but it's basically a rabbit style with two motors, an internal and external motor. So you're activating the internal tissue as well as the external. Everything's not just always tip of the clip focused. And then there's thrusters or pulsators. Um, Again, Fun Factory, I think they have such a nice line of products. I really like their stuff. They have ones that are basically, they use this... um, like a magnet and it kind of, you can hands-free have thrusting inside your vagina. And I think those are good with, and then there's G-spot wands and vibrators, and they're really good at focusing on ballooning and blossoming the whole G area. And then um, there's liquors, like the Volta is another fun factory one. One of my girlfriends, that's her, that's my least favorite. Like I would do it in a pinch if I could not find another vibrator around and I've got like a thousand vibrators in my house. So it would, it would, it's 
really not my favorite, but it's her number one. We're all built so differently that it's like a blah, 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 kind of a thing. So if you have all those different types of vibrators, just keep working with all of them because contrary, again, we, Crystal, you were mentioning a number of myths of sex. One of them is that women think that they're going to decrease their ability to have orgasms with a partner if they become quote unquote dependent on vibrators. That's the opposite. Vibrators actually expand and extend your orgasmic capacity. And the idea of cross training works really well. So um, that's number one thing is solo pleasure. Number two is yoga. Hatha specifically is a really good yoga practice, dancing, wearing sexy lingerie, wearing sexy clothing and shoes, um, you know, really making yourself feel beautiful is super important. Um, flirting, sex sexy texting, sexy pictures. I, I, I probably get more dick pics than any woman in the universe because I help men with their penis issues. A guy will, will ask me questions about his penis that he would not ask his urologist. Um, you know, like I have a birthmark or is it ugly? Is it too big? Is it too small? Is it too crooked? Can I fix it? What do I do? You know, all this kind of stuff. And they want me to look at it. And I don't mind as long as they ask first, if they ask first and they're like, can I send you? And I'm like, yeah, send it here. Don't put it in my DMS. Cause I don't want to get Instagram shut down or anything like that. Um, that really, I think looking at penises, looking at men's bodies, looking at their, how sexy they are. If you're heterosexual, so many women are like, Ooh, dicks. And I'm like, okay, they are as beautiful as vulvas. We should be seeing as many as possible. They're incredible pieces of equipment and we should honor and have gratitude for the miracle that they are. And so that to me is more like a reframe around um, your desire to see your partner's beauty and their majesty. And I also love cock worship. I call it penis praise on YouTube, but it's, it's how do you verbally give your partner appreciation for their beauty and their masculinity and their handsomeness if you're in a heterosexual relationship. So I think those kinds of things are really, really good. And then Dirty Talk, Fantasy Talk. I have a book. It's um, free. DirtyTalkBook.com where I, I teach it. you praise, how to do the praise, how to do the worship, how to do the flirting, how to do the dirty talk. It's how to talk dirty without feeling weird mm -hmm. because moaning and talking and verbal appreciation are super important for him to hear. And for you, you need adoration and encouragement. That's what you need as a woman. Most mm -hmm. commonly, that's what we're looking for as women is adoration and encouragement. That's a good girl. I want you to come for me. You look so beautiful. You're my baby. Does this feel good? Does this feel better? Do you want it harder? Do you want it softer? There you go. Just let it go, baby. Come for me. Like who doesn't want to hear that? It's so nice. So those are some of the things that you can do during the day, if you will. And then I like to start with what I call a soulmate embrace so that you can drop in and connect together. It's how to be held in a way that we've always dreamed of being held, but our partners tend to hold us. And when we relax, they let go and we want to be drawn tighter. Mm -hmm. So that technique is at soulmateembrace.com. Also free. I just give away a lot of stuff because 
I do very well with my paid programs. People buy them once they realize, oh, I like her or hey, I don't like her at all. I'm gonna go with somebody else. And that's okay too, um, not for everyone. And I get that, but um, it's, it's important to give away a lot of things. And I think the soulmate embrace is the thing that allows us to remove our armor express our emotion, get back into our body. We have a hard time as women getting in our bodies because estrogen is a worry molecule and it gets us pachinko mind where we're, you know, kind of thinking about a million things and we need our partner to help ground us and get us into the present moment and into our bodies and surrender to sensation and connection rather than worry and accomplishment. So those are some things that I would recommend as kind of ways to stay in and planning sex dates, planning erotic play dates and lovemaking dates. So you have something to look forward to. It's on the calendar and you, maybe you're working your sex life bucket list and your erotic adventures. One of the things that you want to learn together. And then that can lead into, okay, well the play, you know, the play date is done. Now let's have sex. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, again, before this call, we were talking about building up that sexual tension and how often people want to just relieve it right away, you know? And so I too don't love quickies. I'm not going to say I would never do them, but <laughs> I don't love them. Um, but I do love that being turned on and that feeling throughout the day and building all of that and feeling that all the time. So I do feel primed and ready. So even even those initial sensations can feel even better already. And again, like you're saying, like that embrace and dropping the armor. I just love all of that. And everything that I took away from the Dirty Talk book too when I read it, it was just, it changed. It changed things for me. And so I really, really like oh, that. Yeah. Oh, great. I'm so yeah. glad. Yeah. yeah, I have this thing I call a dope flow sex date. And I mean, you want to you want to want your lover so much that you can't wait to get him inside you. Mm -hmm. You want that. But the problem is that if you start there and then you don't do all the other stuff to warm up. So what I say is you set your lover space, you do your soulmate embrace, you work on some foreplay, make out, breast play, stroke his penis, you know, do that kind of stuff. So you can set in what I call the everted clitoral erection, which is the, from the inside out, um, breast and nipple play and kissing, make your clit hard from the inside out. So you can then move down to like oral and manual and do the outside in. But if you need to hop on his man hammer, and do a few strokes just to like get it out of your system, do it, but don't think, okay, well, all we're going to do is just have intercourse. And then that's it. That's just like, and, and my lovers tease me. Cause I'm like, let me just jump on for a cup. Like just, just three, three little strokes. And they're like, yeah, right. Three little strokes. <laughs> I know you, I know you girl, go ahead. You can get on. <laughs> right. But then I stop and I want to move on to something else. Then I want to go to stroking his penis while he makes out with me. You know, sometimes you just got to get that thing in, yeah. but it shouldn't be the only thing you do. Yeah, I dig that. And I have one more question just because yeah. I know how everything is connected. And I remember hearing you talk about this somewhere else. And I just, we've 
had episodes before where we talked about the feet and the womb and keeping them warm and that more health holistic side, which I also have to say, I love that you bring healthy body brings you healthy sexuality. I think that's Mm -hmm. just good. Um, But what is that connection with the feet and the clitoris or that clitoral network? How, how do those two connect? I mean, they're, we, we've both experienced it in our bodies, yeah. um, but what, what's the oomph about that? Well, these are just my guesses from things that I've read and gleaned, and I don't even know if they're true. So I'm just going to, I'm literally, I just made this up, but cool. sounds plausible. So here's what I've made up. <laughs> here's the story I'm telling myself and you and all your listeners. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I've been musing. <laughs> One is I read someplace that the sensory locators for your feet are right next to the sensory locators to your clit in your brain. Okay. And that there's some kind of like neighbor, neighborly situation happening. <laughs> <laughs> the second thing is that um, I've also read that a part of um, some of the hormones that run through our body, one of them is called prolactin. And prolactin is this hormone of like letting down. It happens when you breastfeed and the milk begins to run. You know how you have to, if you've ever breastfed, you have to, you have to like sit down and you have to get the baby and then you have to like relax and allow the milk to start running. It's not like it's squirting out ready to go. You have to kind of allow, you have to like visualize it coming down often because you've been holding it back so you don't squirt it out in your clothes all the time and so that letting down also affects the tissue in your body and for some reason that prolactin response that you have from sex also kind of makes your feet want to have manipulation and relaxation um that's the second thing that i've read and heard that sounded kind of like an interesting yeah. Mm-hmm. Reason why we like that. The third thing is that our feet are very orgasmic. Um, footgasms are one of the 20 kinds of orgasms. They're one of the locations you can touch to have orgasms. And I remember I had a boyfriend who basically would like hold my foot and kind of like stroke it like you would imagine a man strokes his penis when he's masturbating. And he would do that. And he would also put his fingers between my toes and he would rub my flippers, like the the part of my foot that came up to my toe, but wasn't the part that my toes stuck out. It was just before that, that the, like the, like the mammalian response of the flipper. Like we used to be in the water and we used to use our feet and flip them. And those flippers want to be masturbated. So there's that, that whole, like stroking the foot, like it's a penis can really give you great orgasm. So footgasms are definitely a thing and they're learned and you can cultivate them. So I think they're incredibly relaxing for us. Generally our footwear does not, um, give us the most comfortable experience. So that it's cathartic, it's relaxing. It gets us in our body. It's a turn on and, so there are so many foot fetishists out out there. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times when you think about a foot fetishist, you think about it being a man who loves really sexy feet or really loves sexy shoes and sexy high heels. But I have to say, 
I, I think feet are really sexy. And I think women's feet in high heels are really sexy. I think my feet in high heels are really sexy. And I love to get footgasms. I love to wear super sexy shoes during sex in bed, ones that I have to take off to go to the bathroom because they're so ridiculously high. <laughs> and I also like footgasms. So I wouldn't call myself a foot fetishist. I would just call myself like totally in the normal range of a sexual person. And that that's a really normal range sexual thing for both male and female people or people across the gender spectrum. Feet are erotic. Yeah, I feel mm -hmm. the same way. And um, I mean, that's how I experienced one of my first orgasms when I was an itty bitty child was through a footgasm. And it nice. was just like, whoa, I have to do this all the time. <laughs> yeah. So I think they're really powerful. And I feel the same way about the foot fetish and that I just feel like it's more normal. Yeah. Even I, I don't even want to say that anything is abnormal, though. It doesn't with, even seem like it's a know? fetish. It just seems like right. it's just a part of the landscape. Why does it have to be a fetish? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, cool. Oh, I love okay. this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I have a question, too. So we were talking about this before. So Okay, so I think like most women, like we're listening to this and we're like, just like that group of women you had at your conference, we're like, yep, we're into it. We're into it. So how, how do we introduce this to our partner? Like in a way that doesn't make, like, yeah, how do we introduce it? What would you say? How do we start yeah, sharing say, some of this with them? Babe, I heard this podcast or I did this podcast in your case. Right. I did this podcast um, where I had this expert on and she had this thing called a sex life bucket list. It sounded super fun as like a couple's exercise that we could do together. And I printed out two copies and I was wondering if you would do it and I'll do it. And then we can compare notes over dinner and then we can pick one of the things off of it and we can try it after dinner as our hot sex date. What do you think? And he'll be like, where's that print out? <laughs> Okay. That's great advice. Yep. Boom. <laughs> there you have it. <laughs> it's your first sexy couples date is doing what sexy couples date you want to do. Yes. Great idea. I More love that. that. Please. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> oh, well, it has been a pleasure. I will definitely so link a bunch of your links into the episode notes so that people can find you easily. But if there's any last sentiments or last, definitely go to this particular website, Instagram, go ahead and share that. Yeah. I would say if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's at Susan Bratton, S-U-S-A-N. B-R-A-T-T-O-N. And I have hundreds of videos at betterlover.com. And I have thousands of articles and all of it searchable, including my videos at personallifemedia.com. Mm, so beautiful. You're so beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you. And this has been so much fun. Yes. Thank it you really so has. much. I had a blast. I was trying to hold back laughter like the entire time because you're, I love your approach to it. It's so funny. And your personality is just awesome. Oh, well, thank you for allowing me to show up in my full masculine, Love feminine, it. unbridled self. I really <laughs> felt safe to do that with both of you. I felt your love from the minute you reached out to me. And um, it was really my pleasure. And thanks for the great questions. Awesome. All thank right. You. Enjoy your day. Bye.